What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. I uh, was ready to go live on time, and then I kicked off all the equipment, then I had to reset it, and then I was supposed to go live yesterday, but things came up in my life. I couldn't do it. And let's be honest, if you're going to celebrate 420, the coolest way to do that is on 421. That's when the real stoners come out. They're like, dude, I fuck you, man. I missed him, man. I, mi- I missed him. By the way, who needs a day to celebrate weed? Do we really need a holiday? Like, usually you need religious holidays because otherwise, who the fuck is doing religion? It's like you got to show up for Passover because otherwise you're not thinking about weed. You just, you're celebrating it every day or you don't. Who really needs a holiday for that thing? Uh, but let's get into the news. Why, why do I have to yell about yesterday's news? So we didn't do yesterday's episode. That's no big deal. But before I do that, shout out to Sheath that made me this awesome hat. Now, I feel like a sponsored race car driver. I think someone put that in the comments at some point. It says, run your mouth on the side. Limited edition. There's only eight of these things in creation. And I know you're sitting there right now and you're wondering, how can I get myself one of these awesome hats? And there's only one way to do it. You go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM at the end of June. We're going to look. We're going to see who used the most promo codes on the RYM. I mean, had the biggest expenditure. You go load up your entire wardrobe. You upgrade your life to sheath gold status. Now it's like credit card miles for an airline. Sheath gold status. The person who used the RYM code the most, and we know that they're out there every day living their best lives because they're nuts and their balls are separated and they feel cool, calm, and collected all the time. That's a person that deserves to run your mouth. Sheath hat of the sponsored NASCAR driver type people go, where'd you get that awesome hat? You'd be like, well, I'm, a, I'm sheath card gold status and my penis is in sheath all the time. So you should see how silky smooth this dick is because it's protected from the elements. It's in its own pouch. Other people's miracle don't have miracle dicks like this. So go to sheath, uh, sheathunderwear.com. Use promo card. I am. You get 20% off end of June. Whoever's uh, used that promo code had the biggest expenditure. Those eight people will get a hat. All right, let's get into the news topics. Cause uh, we got a lot going on. There's big things going on in the world. First is, are you guys uh, following this Johnny Depp court case? He's out there, him and Amber Heard. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched his testimony yet, but uh, it looks like he's working on his next movie, Pirates of Crimea Fucking River. Oh, my God. Did you see, like, he goes, I guess off air, he's just the least cool person. Or he really sat down and he practiced this part where he goes, I got to get up there and really look like a sad bitch. I really got to make this jury not realize how much money I have. What can I do? Where do I stutter? How many pauses do I take? How incoherent do I seem? And here's what's going on. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp at this point have spent a collective $40 million to ruin each other's lives. They're both up there. They're giving competing testimonies. And just feel sorry for me, jury. I'm the one that you should feel sorry for. I know I'm so attractive and I've been paid so much money because of how good I look and how weird I can be on camera. But I'm the one in this court case that you should feel bad for. And maybe they should both just start acting like they forgive each other. If you're this good at acting, you can save yourselves $40 million and just get back to working. And then at one point, Johnny Depp, in his testimony, he said, I'm obsessed with the truth. And the lawyers couldn't find you a better writer. I mean, clearly this guy, when he's not he's not good at working off the cuff, but he's good at memorizing the lines and pretending like he's a victim. So why not? You couldn't get someone else to write you some better dialogue. It's hard to be like, hey, I'm obsessed with the truth when you're known for playing a pirate and having fake hands. Like you're not like you're not really the muckcracker. You're not really out there solving cases, making sure there's true. Like, wait, wait. So, I mean. Are there other instances in your life where you were dedicated to exposing truth or just the one time when, you know, the things about you? Uh, lastly is Janet Yellen. She staged a walkout at a G20 meeting. But I'd like to know how long does it take this lady to walk out of her room? Isn't that great when you got to stop the like, I'm, I'm trying to walk out here. You mind you mind pausing your presentation? This will walk out. Me and my friend, I just it's going to. 
going to take me a, it's going to take me a little bit to get out the door so do you mind just I, i'm going to need some time it's a walkout and then uh last topic we'll be covering for today is why scientists are moving on from long covid and pivoting their concerns to super long covid you know we were concerned with covid then we were concerned with long covid now we're pivoting it to extra long covid all right newest segment where we critique the late pipe popping candace uh so Last uh, yesterday, because I was trying to brief yesterday in the morning, but then it just didn't happen. Things came up in my life. I couldn't do it. Let's change the let's change the view here, so you guys can get a get the see see the sheath hat in all of its glory. Uh, and we've already got some uh, some comments here. What do we got going on? Let's take a look. Um, Depp referred to herd shit on his bed as a grumpy. Not even kidding. That means that that's how often that happens. Um, he calls a wine. A spot of red, L-M-A-O. All right, let's go back into the news. I don't even know why I took those comments. Those comments weren't even that good, but I liked them. I liked them. I don't want to shit on people in the comments. Those were those were excellent comments. Come in with more comments. You guys can catch the live stream and uh, the comments come in from YouTube until maybe we find a better platform for that. So the mask mandate is finally gone. You're allowed to, you know, get the full flavor of people's farts on airplanes now. When you sit down on an airplane... You don't have to wear a mask. I mean, you can if you want to. If you feel comfortable in a mask, if you feel like you're immunocompromised and you want to wear your own N95 mask, which is the only one that would do anything for you whatsoever, if you want to do that, no one's stopping you. You could show up with a gas mask on a plane. No one's stopping you. you show up with a hazmat suit on a plane. You might look weird. People might start getting concerned, particularly if you're Asian. If you're Asian and you get onto a plane with a hazmat suit, people are going to be pretty concerned. But I think you could probably do it. You, or you could just not fly. If you're really that concerned and that sick and you're that sure that you're that close to death and that this thing's going to kill you, you could also just not fly. That's an option, too. Uh, I mean, back in the day, if they wanted to travel, you had to get on boats. Yeah, you, you had to paddle. Yeah, you, you, you had to sail. You had to get canoes. You had to be on the back of a buffalo. I mean, think about the shit. Like, at the end of the day, you could be flying. I mean, you could be driving cross-country. And who wants to go to other countries anyways? What are you, flying uh, to France to eat baguettes or something? Okay. Anyway, so these uh, late-night hosts, they got all upset. They go, hey, you, you can't change a rule mid-flight, which might be a fair point if the whole thing wasn't bullshit anyways. Is there any evidence whatsoever that other people, if you're sick and immunocompromised and you're getting onto a plane, firstly, I remember the, um, back when everything in the country was shut down except for planes, they were saying, well, planes are okay because they got this filtration system. Everyone's like, that makes no fucking sense. Planes are like the smallest possible area. And you're telling me that I can't be outside with my friends, my restaurant on the street corner, we can't be outside, but sitting within this plane, we're not going to get sick of this COVID thing. And we all understood, hey, this is protected industry. And then, of course, this time they started asking Psaki all about, hey, listen, why is it that at the White House, you guys uh, don't have to, and they're like, well, the planes are more dangerous. So I don't get it. Are the planes less? We're more dangerous. And now all of a sudden you guys are going, you can't change rules mid-flight. Well, do the rules even do anything? I mean, we're two years into this. Is there a single shred of evidence that forcing people that don't want to wear masks on a flight is somehow protecting the people that could be wearing a mask on a flight if they wanted to? Is there any evidence whatsoever? Is there even a high caseload of people getting sick on flights? And then what about all the time people are taking off their masks? I mean, the whole thing seems like fucking lunacy anyways. All right. And then this came from uh, one of the late night hosts. Uh, the genius jurist behind the ruling is Judge Catherine Mazzella, a 35-year-old appointed by the former president after he lost the 2020 election. And uh, are you criticizing a female judge because she's appointed by Trump? Doesn't her womanhood trump her Trump appointment? I mean, surely she must be a qualified individual because of her womanhood. 
It shouldn't matter who put her into the position. What should matter is that she's a woman. And as a woman, she must be qualified. I mean, I, I'm outraged that these people would stand up and attack women like this, that they would just assume that they're not qualified for their positions. If anything, we should be giving them the women benefit of the doubt. All right, next news story. We've got, uh, this was a headline from the Week magazine of a Milwaukee author that ensures kids sees positive representative of themselves in book and toys. And I was thinking, I'd like to help kids feel better about themselves. And I got a better idea. Instead of all this positive reinforcement, because you see positive reinforcement, you see characters like action figures and people in movies and are like, shit, that, I'm, I, I'm not a dude like that guy. I'm no Tom Cruise. I'm never going to make it in life. Like Tom Cruise doesn't represent me. He might be white, but he's white, super handsome. He can run real fast. He can be in impossible movies doing impossible things. I can't be doing impossible things. I don't have abs like this. I don't have teeth like that. I don't have hair like that. I do have his height, though. I do have Tom Cruise's height. I think we're the same, the same short, <laughs> the same amount of shortness. But the positive represent representation almost puts pressure on you to be as cool as the people that they're showing you in the books. And it's not realistic. And then you realize I'll never be able to do anything. So I'm thinking what might help kids even more is I'm going to write my own book and it's called You Suck, But Everyone Else Does Too. And it's all about how everyone's got their personal problems and it doesn't matter. Or like, you know, I got that thing, The Fault in the Stars. Well, I'm going to write a book, The Fault in Other Races. And it's just a guidebook about how why everyone in the fucking universe sucks. And so you might be a piece of shit, but other pieces of people are shit too. Other people have anxiety too. Other people are stressed out. They're dumb. If there's anything that gave me hope in life, it was realizing that as retarded as I am, other people are even more retarded. So I can just live with my level of retarded because other people are so much dumber. It took me a really long time to figure out just how dumb other people are because I see my own faults. I, I'm with me all the time and I do dumb shit all the time. I do really dumb shit. So I thought I was really stupid, but that was until I became an adult. And then I started interacting with more other human beings and just realized how, and then that gave me confidence because I was like, well, I'm not nearly as stupid as these other people are. So it's not about propping yourself up. It's not about the positive representation. It's not about putting these kids into a book or people that are, have a similar skin color to them and then showing how great they would be. You know, it's about showing how terrible other people are so you don't have to be afraid of them. And that, that's my positive message for today. Can't we just call it an episode right there? I mean, we're not going to do any better than that. If you're out there, you want to invest in uh, in my book called You Suck, But Everyone Else Does Too, uh, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Maybe your publisher out there. Maybe Sheath Underwear wants to get behind that endeavor next. We'll, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll sling so many hats we can finally fund my book called Everyone's Retarded. Uh, a guide to uh, individuals and their flaws and why you shouldn't fear them. All right. And then back to the mask mandate, because we're ADD over here. Should I have organized this? Should this have been right up against the other thing? I mean, I'm looking at all the slides and I'm trying to put these things together. How do I not realize that this went with that? It's like a fucking puzzle piece, but the jigsaws are all over the table. So the Justice Department will appeal mask mandate ruling if CDC says it's needed. This is from the week. This was from yesterday. So I was supposed to broadcast yesterday, but things came up. So Justice Department will appeal mass mandate ruling if CDC says it's needed. And how can the CDC possibly not say it's needed? Can you imagine if the CDC went, yeah, you don't need that thing. We were just trying to enforce it for, you know, two full years. But uh, actually, the latest science is that you don't need it. How could they possibly backtrack on that? And then also, what was that whole bullshit with the airplane plane filters? I mean, do the plane filters, are they so good? That it's the safest place to be. And so therefore, when everything's closed down, planes could be open or these plane filters not that good that that airplanes are the one place that you need a mask. 
I mean, are we ever going to get straight facts here? And then, of course, you know, says the CDC. I saw this yesterday. I was like, the CDC cannot possibly go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a safety issue. So then the Justice Department comes in. This is from Politico. DOJ to appeal travel mask mandate ruling after CDC says masks still needed on public transportation. And this could be good because maybe they actually go into court and then the CDC has to come with specific evidence of cases from planes. Now you even get cases from planes because they're not tracking cases anymore. They don't want cases. They're, they're getting rid of testing sites. They're telling you you can just test at home. They don't want to know who is and who isn't getting sick. We don't want to pretend like this vaccine's working. We don't want to see cases. We only want to know about hospitalizations and whether or not people got to panic again. I mean, Fauci's out there talking about how the BA2 might turn into the BAC and all of a sudden people might be starting to get sick again, got to stay home. Anyways, so we've got the DOJ coming in saying, hey, if the uh, CDC is saying that people still need to wear their masks, if they still want to enforce that, then we're going to see how we can get that done. Uh, And the starting point is that that would be interesting if they went to court and they had to actually uh, provide evidence uh, of the fact that wearing masks specifically on plane is, I guess, saving people's lives. And then this is the less interesting question to me. It shouldn't be an authority question. If you've got something that's actually beneficial, you know what I mean? It's like if you could, I, I can't think of a good example. I've already yelled myself retarded. Uh, <laughs> if you had something that actually benefited all of mankind, I don't know. You had a light switch that could do some sort of air filtration thing outdoors. And then all everyone was smarter because we had fresher air. Like, would we really have to have a conversation about like what organization would have the authority to flip that switch? Like if we really knew a hundred percent that something was beneficial, I feel like then Congress or Senate could get together and they would figure out who would have the authority. The, the, the fact that you're having a conversation about whether or not you can enforce something, doesn't that sound like the thing might not actually be helpful or why would the conversation revolve around first? Like, Hey, do we actually have evidence that like that this thing is helpful? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe we should have, uh, CDC science court where people actually go in there and you go, Hey, we've got an assertion here that wearing masks on planes are crucial for saving people's lives. And then maybe you could have that conversation. And the whole thing's fucking ridiculous because at the end of the day, the airlines could, uh, you know, they could let you choose, you know, they could basically just, or the airline could just, you could have one airline that goes, Hey, we want the mask people business. So we're going to do mask only flights. And then you leave it to the market for people to figure out what works better for them. And then guess what? If there's such a tremendous risk of being on flights, like if there was really a risk of it, imagine like the risk of wearing a mask on a flight was the same as being exposed to like a lead paint or like literally there was like, there was a fire on the fucking plane and then there were burn victims. You don't think your doctor would be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm recommending that my patients don't take these flights where people aren't wearing masks. Don't you think that would affect their business? So the entire conversation here about the government needs to step in and even make these mandates, it entirely could be left to the free market. It could be left to us voting with our dollars and deciding, Hey, do we actually think there's a risk here? Uh, But here, this gives you a good insight to the way that these people think. Um, So I believe this is from that political article. So many people are sick of masks, says Wendy Parnett, faculty co-director at the Center for Health Policy and Law at Northeastern University. But it's not about that. It's about who makes our public health policy, the judiciary, a 35-year-old unelected judge, or the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services. Hey, we've got a power structure here. We've got authority. And what we need is a top-down centralized approach where one person makes a decision for everybody. 
And if one person makes a decision for everybody, that that's the way that we end up in the bed. Well, that's not the way our economy set up. We don't have centralized government. I mean, we're not supposed to. We do have the Federal Reserve, which ruins all of the financial markets. But as much as possible is really the best decision-making process that one person comes. Like, why do we even have individualized doctors? There should just be one protocol, WebMD, where the CDC makes one recommendation on everything, which is basically you go there, they tell you that you got cancer and you need treatment. Hey, how many mistakes has the CDC made over the past year? But hey, we just need one individual. I elect Fauci. Let's actually just make him the God. Hey, that's what this thing's about is that we've got the Fauci God. And as long as the Fauci God's making a recommendation, well, then everyone needs to abide. It doesn't matter if the recommendation's illegal. It doesn't matter if they can't back it up and he keeps lying to us and no one really understands it. But no, no, no. We've got one person. The one person's making the decision. We didn't all agree that one person's going to make the decision for all of us, but we're going to stay committed to it. And then here's the last quote on this, uh, on the mass thing, msn.com. The most challenging will be for two groups. She said, one is individuals who are very at high risk for severe illness. If they contract COVID-19 themselves. All right. Well, for those people, I think you could, uh, you can get masked. You can wear three masks. You can get masked and boosted. Maybe you can pay more and make your own travel arrangements where you got flights of other people that are all these fucking extremely sick people. And if you're really this sick, I mean, if you're really that far into a risk category and that concerned, where do you have to go? Where are you flying to? Are 97 year olds getting on flights? I mean, if you got 90, if you're 97 year olds, you're missing a, a, a lung and you've got diabetes, unless you're traveling to go find yourself another foot, what are you doing on an airplane anyways? Who specifically are these individuals that we all need to suffer for? And then, oh my God, what about the ones that are too young to even wear a mask? What about those little kids that, that, that they're so little that we can't get them vaccinated and they can't wear a mask? What about those little precious souls, the ones that aren't dying of COVID? You mean the ones that you've kept out of school that were never getting sick? The one that there's no scientific evidence whatsoever, except at one point when you guys published the fact that there were 500 hospitalizations and then downgraded it, admitted that that was completely false. And then all of a sudden Fauci's on the news going, well, that's uh, those hospitalizations aren't are with COVID. They're not from COVID. I mean, really, those are the individuals that we're concerned about. Whoever's in this uh, bullshit machine. I, I, I mean, you guys are probably like, how are you even talking about this bullshit anymore? How is this bullshit even still relevant? Can't they come up with new bullshit? So at least we can yell about something fresh. And I agree with you. Go talk to your local propagandist. You write them a letter and you say, hey, can you at least come up with some fresh lies? Because Rob's getting repetitive and I'd like to hear him have fresh stuff. So we need the source material to be more original so that he can yell about he can he can discover new fresh bullshit. You know, I'm just sniffing the old bullshit. And then here's the last thing on the uh, topic. As we're talking about these kids, these precious kids that can't be masked, that can't be boosted. So this is from the Washington Post. This is from a teacher. As uh, as kids are coming back to school and we're seeing the unintended consequences of uh, of all of the COVID decisions that we've made over the past couple of years. So she expected them to show up behind where they should be in academic categories such as reading. But what she hadn't counted on was that her children would prove unable to do things such as cutting along dotted lines with scissors or squeezing a glue bottle to release an appropriate size dot or simply twist a plastic cap off and on. We've made the kids retarded. So any conversation about, you know, that we've got to treat code, just remember 
that the uh, our protocol for trying to resolve, and I'm not pro school. I just want to come out here. I'm not saying that if these kids were in school, all of a sudden they, 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 they'd be a miracle. The problem is when you got schools and you got a structure where all parents think they can rely on the schools and then the schools are over Zoom and then your kid's sitting there all, there all day and he's just staring at a computer, probably picking his nose, maybe tubing it. Don't be tubing it. I'm not talking about kids tubing it. That's disgusting. I'm just saying you think kids are paying attention on their Zoom and then you as the parent are like, ah, oh, my kid's being taken care of because the state, they've got it figured out with the Zoom thing. And they got the whole COVID thing figured out. I mean, we got to stay home and get fat, but hey, I got reliance on the state, centralized authority. We've put people in charge here. They're taking our tax dollars. They're making recommendations. So, you know, it's my duty as a citizen to follow these recommendations. And that means that I shouldn't work and I should sit on the couch and watch Netflix and my kids should sit on his computer and I should pretend like he's learning because because I got perfect faith in the system, we turned the kids retarded. You heard it here first. The first reporting on it. Uh, now I like to talk about coverage and how people do get outraged when certain things are in the news and they're telling us to get outraged over them. And so on that note, you've got this was another article from Week Magazine. Abbott's border policy cost the U.S. about $9 billion in just 10 days. And so if his policy cost us $9 billion, can you imagine what the closing of the ports, factories, and all these other government policies that happened earlier in COVID that closed our borders must have cost us. I mean, this is like one of the first articles I'm seeing about this. I mean, this is not the first time we, we closed the borders. Most of the other times, I think it was over vaxes and those kind of mandates. How much that shit cost us? Why is it suddenly you can put a very specific number on what a policy might have cost us? Continuing, next topic. Oh, before we get into this, why don't we take a moment as we celebrate 420, a day behind it, to plug YoDelta.com, where you can get yourself gummies, you can get yourself vape pens, you can get yourself everything you need to for if you're over the age of 21 for a lifetime of highness. You can celebrate 420 every day. No one's going to stop you, especially with those vape pens. You don't have to worry about stinking about weed. Also, I find the vape pen, it's a, it's a good, nice, even buzz. If, if you're living that lifestyle, you want to spend your whole life stoned, that hybrid pen, that's that's probably a good one to be getting through your work day. Or if you're one of these people that like getting real fucked up, well, then you get yourself those gummies. 25 milligrams. I can't even handle 25 milligrams. Dude, last time I ate one of those gummies, I think I ate a sliver off one of the corners. And I was like, this is too much. I don't like getting this high anymore. But if you like getting that high, at the Smokeout Bug Out last year, I gave out some of those gummies to people and they couldn't believe it. So, you know, go load up. Yodelta.com. Use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off. All right, let's take a couple comments and then let's move into this next topic. What do we got here? Dr. Fauci, ouchie, the two new strains found in South Africa, BA5 and BA6. I'll get concerned when it gets to B8. Uh, Sweet Petites is going Fauci's uh, God. All right. Um, Mattia something, just saying my name. I'll take the shout out, Dr. Fauci, ouchie. Get these fucking babies vaccinated. I am at risk. That's what I'm saying. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. And then, of course, Dr. Fauci Ouchie coming with, I heard there's microplastics in the mass. Ay, yay, yay. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like of all the shit that they were putting out there, that one I just chose to ignore. I just chose to like I made a mental choice where I'm like, I'm not I'm not delving into because firstly, I very rarely wear the mask. The only times I've gotten stuck with them are occasionally when you walk into a store and they tell you, hey, you got to wear that or when sitting on a plane. So I'm not one of these people that has spent like months on end, basically, you know, morning to night inside of a mask. But I will say I do wear the crappy plastic mask because they don't work. And since they don't work, you know, they're less intrusive to wear. I remember at the beginning of this thing, I once had to visit my grandfather at the hospital. I was there for hours, like in an N95 mask. And I felt like it was like at the end, 
<laughs> it was like it was tough to breathe because it worked. It was actually filtering the air, so it was unpleasant to wear. Whereas these other ones, you got holes on the side. I got a big fat fucking Junos. I rest on the top. There's nothing but air coming through the top. And then when I saw those articles that were saying that like there's pla- plastic particles in it, I was like, I can't. I can't start be getting nervous about the plastic particles. I can't be the guy yelling at some person in a store or like, hey, can you put them in? I'm like, you're going to kill me with this mask. There's plastic particles in this mask. I don't want to hear about these masks. So I just ignored all the articles along those lines. But it would not surprise me if that turned out to be true. All right. This next piece, uh, it's going to be a little bit repetitive for all of you listeners of part of the problem out there. I, I do feel like a fair amount of this audience is crossover. But then I do think there's a couple of you people out there that... Uh, you know, maybe you're listening to run your mouth, aren't listening to part of the problem. I do feel that this is an interesting topic and the actual clips that I'm going to play are going to be different from what was over there. Uh, So I will keep it brief. And if you're curious to hear more about this topic, we just did an entire episode of part of the problem on this one article. So there was an article that came out in the Washington Post. Uh, The article was meet the woman behind libs of TikTok secretly fueling the rights outrage machine. Did I I pull any, uh, any quotes from this article? Um, I did not. All right. So what was interesting to me about this article lives at TikTok is an account that someone, a friend of mine turned me on to a little while ago. And firstly, some of the videos are absolutely hilarious because it's people, uh, with fairly wild perspectives and they speak with a confidence on these perspectives, not just a confidence, but with like a mission that they think that they are really helping the world. They're on a crusade. They've been informed by God. They know exactly how the world could be a better place and that they're lucky to be in positions, mostly in schools. It's a lot of teachers. It's a lot of teachers in schools basically talking about um, sharing a perspective on, um, on uh, I guess, being gay or more often specifically being transgender. Uh, one of the ones that most caught my eye was there was, uh, I, she did not want to be called a lady. I don't even know if th- she was a originally a man that, that that I don't even know that maybe that's offensive, not originally a man, but I guess uh, you can't even say, but I don't even know. I, I'm trying to be respectful here. You got a lady and she's got two, uh, like, you know, teaching in a school firstly with purple hair and with two rings on the bottom of your mouth. I would think that would be a red flag for hiring off the bat where you're like, we're teaching kids here. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dress the part. You gotta look a little bit more teachery wear one of these nice floral dresses, get some lipstick on your teeth, be overweight. You just got, there's like a wholesome look that your teachers are supposed to have. And it's usually not the, Hey, I'm going to go blow the whole biker squad. Drop me off at the local biker bar. Cause I'm going to do some meth and I'm going to suck off all of these dicks, even though I'm now a man trying to be a lady and I'm only into women. So actually I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get myself on those muffs. You find me those hairy biker muffs. Cause I'm eating all of them tonight. It's the weekend. Give me that meth and take off those, those chaps because we're eating some hairy biker muffs. You'd think that that person doesn't get a job in school, but here's what's most interesting about the lives of TikTok is that you've got conservatives going, Hey, I think maybe we're talking about topics in school that are inappropriate for children. And I feel like we've got teachers that are trying to indoctrinate our kids into a perspective that maybe those parents don't have. And listen, over here, I'm all for uh, freedom, which includes the uh, freedom to discriminate against individuals, which means that if you're a conservative Christian, you should be allowed to live in a town with other conservative Christians. And if there's a public school system, maybe you should better respect your values. And if you're a person who's really into this liberal stuff, maybe you should be able to have schools 
uh, where, you know, that the, the first lesson in kindergarten is, hey, you're not supposed to be your gender and you can choose whatever you want to be. And here we're going to pass out these wings. Everyone can dance around like a fairy and feel good about themselves. And, it, you know, math and other sciences or maybe it would be cooler if they went more competitive with it. And they're like, listen, we got to prove to the world that we're better than those other people it becomes like color war where it's like team tranny against team straight. And, you know, you got your conservatives and then we start doing math tests and just team tranny. They come out dressed all in, you know, their, their, uh, their clown colors and shit. And they just dominate because they get competitive that they want to show that their lifestyle is better. Maybe that would be interesting because kids would start learning more, uh, as a way to showcase that they're, uh, social structures are actually in a better, better environment for learning and success. Wouldn't that be fun? Anyways, I, I tangent, I digress. <laughs> Let's get back on the topic. So you got this lives a TikTok page and you definitely have a narrative that exists in the media that says on the, on the left, Hey, no one's trying to indoctrinate your kids. No one's trying to teach them stuff that the parents wouldn't be into. There's nothing inappropriate going on in our schools. The fact that you guys are pretending as if there's individuals out there trying to radicalize your kids is you're drumming up fear, you're fear mongering, you're, you're, you're calling attention to an issue that doesn't exist and shame on you because you're actually, uh, making the world worse for adults that are transgendered or for J gendered here, lesbians, other letters, you know, they're, they're, they're new letters all the time. You can only keep track of so many letters. You throw the whole alphabet. What am I going to start singing the ABCDs here? Anyway, so you're going to make the world because as you pretend like they're indoctrinating the kids, you're actually creating a negative taste about the entire community and no one's trying to distort. And then you get the videos of live the TikTok where parents, I mean, you got teachers who are clearly owning a perspective of, hey, I'm lucky to teach in the school because I can indoctrinate kids. And then you go, all right, maybe we should have a conversation about this. And the liberals that want this there, if you actually have the opinion that you think you're benefiting people, why not have the debate? Why would you pretend like you're not doing something? That's something I'm going to keep bringing up on the show is that if you believe in the perspective and you think that it's beneficial to people, why do you have to be sneaky about it? Why don't you feel good about it and go defend what you're doing? Why does it have to be something that you're sneaking in through the back door? If you really believe in it, why not have the debate and, and, and win the argument and tell us why this would be better for kids? And I'm, I'm open to it. Firstly, I don't even have kids. I don't care if you got shitty kids. I don't care if you send your kid to public. So like, it's guy, none of this has anything to do with me. I'm not a parent, which maybe, maybe I'm talking myself out of the whole topic. Maybe that's why I should stay out of it completely. So anyway, he's got this lady and she writes this article and she's going, this lives a TikTok just exists as a, uh, this is a right wing individual. She's been right wing her entire life. And now she's driving the right wing media and conspiracies and the propaganda, except to me, it's real information. It's really just like an, an, uh, an algorithm, not an algorithm, a, uh, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but she's just finding videos that actually exist on the internet. She's finding videos that individuals have put up and maybe, maybe we're all just being pranked here. Maybe these are all people going online and they're doing these, uh, you know, they're, they're pretending as if they work in schools and then they're putting this up on TikTok, And then we're watching this and going, holy shit, are there actually teachers like that out there? And then it really is some big old conspiracy circus where we're uh, being lied to and we're getting all upset of, look at these teachers that exist. And none of these teachers actually exist because it isn't real news. That would be an interesting conversation. But that's not what that's not. I don't believe that's what's going on. And I don't believe that's what the criticism was. The criticism was that, hey, this person 
is driving the right, but it doesn't matter. If the information's real, we should address the actual real information. So let's watch a few of these videos. I went on to the page. And then, of course, the lady that uh, that uh, doxed her was also the person that was crying about being a lady and how dangerous it is when the media doxes you and what good journalism practices are supposed to be. And then she goes out and she does the exact same thing to this other person. So let's watch a few of these videos, uh, recent ones from Legs of TikTok. These are different ones than what we played on Part of the Problem. And they're all fun. You know, you can't go wrong with a good libs of TikTok video. So let's give this a watch and uh, we'll do some breakdowns. Hi, my name's As and I'm a preschool teacher. So my classroom celebrates diversity. It's probably my favorite thing to teach. We usually use kids books to talk about this kind of thing. Recently, we started wearing pronoun pins and the kids get to pick a new pronoun pin every day. We have some that pick like she, her every single day and we have some that change it up. So diversity is really important in my class. So I recently realized that there's a whole lot of really amazing figureheads and people to look up to in this world who aren't white or straight or male or have what have you. And that we should learn a little bit more about these people. All right. So there's one teacher saying that she's happy to be in a teaching role so that she can drive conversations on these topics. Let's listen to another one. This one was supposedly a um, drag queen. And supposedly, this was a drag show that went on at a high school. Now, Mr. or whatever, like, social studies after this. The way the kids are so woke these days where this is how you earn their respect. It's like going out on the weekend and winning a karate tournament or some debate contest and all of a sudden the kids are going, oh wow, we didn't realize how cool Mr. Steve was. But you know what? Maybe I can grow up and feel as free and willing to express myself as him. So I'm going to pay attention in class now. But I would think that that we imagine if a kid of a teacher was just a stripper on the weekend so they did show and tell about teachers weekend or a drunk and you shame in and you showed off how much you could drink to the kids i would just think that you know that's your private life and you probably don't want the students to know about that's okay to have a private life we all work jobs go home and we're different people at jobs than we are at home because when you're at the job you got to be professional you got to show up pretend like you don't want to kill yourself every night and that you're not a drug addict that's what that's what work is so why would teachers have a different standard, especially when they're mixed kids? You got to show up usually and just be professional and pretend that when you're at home, you're normal also. None of us are normal. That's going to be part of the kids book I write of everyone's a piece of shit. All right, let's watch a few more of these. My state decided that it was a good idea to ban the use of the word gay in the classroom. Educators can now not are not allowed to say gay in the classroom anymore. This is a life or death issue. Why do I say that? One of the most important statistics that I use in my curriculum when teaching anti-oppression, specifically about LGBTQIA issues, is 72%. You decrease the likelihood of a young trans person of wanting to commit suicide if all you do is use the proper pronouns for that person. 72%. You can save a life by using one, often two letter word for a person. 
misgendering someone can have them go on a spiral where they don't want to live anymore. And now we're not allowed to say gay, even if we are gay, even if we have an openly same-sex relationship, even if we're openly non-binary or trans. As, per, as educators, we cannot talk about who we are. We exist, but we can't just talk. We can't talk about it. And when I brought it up while this was all being discussed, some other teachers in the hallway, because I'm working at an, a middle school right now, had the audacity to say, no, but it's just you can't teach about it. It's not that you can't say about it. That's not true. I can lose my job tomorrow as an educator right now just for saying gay. You hear that? I'm a teacher. I work at these schools and it saves lives if I can address these topics, because if I can't address these topics, uh, the individuals who are trans have a higher likelihood of killing themselves. And so it is my religious duty as a noble saint, a saver of lives to be in school and making the decisions that these topics need to be addressed. I, I, to me, that's important that you got. I think that's an actual teacher sharing her perspective that she thinks that these topics are relevant to school and that it's saving lives if she addresses them. But like, let's not pretend like there aren't teachers with this perspective. And by the way, if you're a parent and you agree with her, maybe you should be able to send, you know, just make trans private schools. Pro-trans, you can have the most rainbowy flag in the entire world. You can have the school nurse is a person who sight on scenes inspects her genitals and sees if, you know, what like it, it starts uh, drawing the lines on like a plastic surgeon letting you know what they can change about you. Maybe every year when they do the height thing, they can also let you know what kind of augmentation. And on that note, here's a, uh, I believe this last video was a video on TikTok showing you the benefits of breast augmentation. I don't know who needs and to it's a pretty this. convincing video because I was watching. I was like, shit, anybody. I should get that. Some of these people like, There's man, no that's a, that's a very flat like chest. They can surgery. do that for you. You can what just eat all you want so and they can just lop your titties straight off. People. I mean, if these people were women and they got a better, more manly chest than I do, imagine what these people might be able to do for my titties. isn't limited to one gender, one expression, one style. It is not limited to one ethnicity, one culture, one race. It's not limited to one shape or size. Those who are post-op have just as much variety as the rest of the world. Some choose nipples, some don't. Some have straight scars, some have curved scars, some have no scars. Some of us are feminine, some of us are masculine, some of us are androgynous. The only one thing that we all truly share is freedom. And joy. Doesn't that make you feel better about the world? All right, let's take another comments and then we got a couple topics left. And then uh, we'll call it a day. Maybe we'll even save some stuff for tomorrow. All right, what do we got here? What do we got here? Come back into the comments. We got Faith, Fat Dave, life or death for 40% of the teachers. St. Michael's, uh, someone feed these teachers a brick. Uh, Dr. Fauci, ouchie, first world problems. Yeah, that's probably pretty true because otherwise, how do you afford these things? Um, Fat Dave, let's hope you do. Trey Allen, and we've got institutions churning out these idiots every year. 
True that. Um, all right, everybody, quick plug. Live dates coming up. The biggest one, obviously, is the kickoff for the Summer Porch Tour. Fat Dave will be there, as will the rest of the Tower Power gay. We're going to have sex with Toad Hour. Uh, show up for that. There's uh, not a ton of tickets available. Uh, I think we've already moved 10 of the 50, which means only 40 more people. Don't wait a week of realize you got no plans. You don't know where the, ab- the address for the ranch is and that you could have been out there shooting guns with us, hanging out with Clint, uh, raping Toad. Uh, listening to my live comedy, being a part of the live podcast. I mean, we got a fun-filled day of events. We're going to be drinking out on this uh, on this ranch all day. We're going to be going into apparently there's a neighboring village with swingers, so we're going to pull we're we're going to go streak that thing late at night. See if maybe we end up in an orgy. Just everyone's going to get nude. We're just going to go for a drunken jog and see what little old lady opens up her doors and go. Oh, we're boys. We're all having sex in here. Come on in for our giant orgy i don't know i think the women in florida sound like that i hope they do i'm not having sex with any lady in florida unless she talks exactly like that so come on out for top lobsters ranch followed by the streaking through the old uh swinger areas because i heard there's a lot of swinger areas in that in that in that in that, in that region and i'll bring the blue juice so that everyone's got big hard dicks before we go in there and no one needs to feel embarrassed about their soft little flabby penis you know, we, we can all have big old giant erections. We can put on our sheaths so that they look extra large. And then we'll run into the into the town with the old people. And they'll be so excited to be seeing young penises. I bet it's very rare. I bet they're, they're like a cult where there's a legend about the day that a comedy show happens in the neighboring village. And then streakers come through with big, hard blue chew dicks that are all propped up because they're sheath underwear. And that it will be create the greatest orgy of all time. And then a new generation of school administrators that keep transgendered teachers out of schools, but in, in like a non-discriminatory way so that everyone can feel good about it. So that's what you're going to be missing out on if you don't come out to Summer Porch Store. All right, this was an article, I believe also from Week Magazine, that some Kremlin insiders report fear Putin will use nukes in Ukraine. And isn't like Russia close enough to Ukraine that the clouds of... Uh, of like the radiation would fuck them up too. I mean, why, why would Russia, maybe all we got to do to prevent that is we put giant fans, all these windmills that don't work. Let's, let's start sending windmills over there so that if they blast a nuke, we can turn on the fans and then all the radiation will change. will head right to Russia. I don't know. Are the countries large enough that you can nuke a neighboring country without uh, having to deal with nuclear fallout? I don't know enough about this. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. Some of you folks are smarter than I am. What else we got here? Dem Super PACs is, uh, I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. It's been a long episode. You guys can look forward to that one tomorrow. We got some videos of uh, Biden's newest uh, things. Oh, we got okay, Trump. Okay, look okay, at Trump. You can look at his the face. Former literally president just melted. I'll be completely straight with you. It's your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair You lost. Only a fool would think. You think I'm a fool? I do now. Yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay. With respect. The largest. He really sets himself up for that. Like, are you really just going to offend me to my? Yeah, I'll offend you to your face. What the fuck do I care? Yeah, you're being a liar. Uh, but it, I don't know if Trump's got a chance this next election. He's really going to have to like dictate terms before any interview of hey, only in the wide shot, no bright lights. Like, uh, you focus in on this guy's face, and it really looks like he's melting. It looks like the last scene of Wizard of Oz when they dump water on her where Trump's just been without his tweets for too long. And his face, literally, it looks like a wax candle that just, it's like, like just the, the top has been dripping down. It's just coming off. I, I don't know if that's winnable. I, I mean, you get a wide angle lens, 
with the giant crowd behind him and him screaming about how wonderful he is, that might work. But I'm just saying he's going to have to be really careful not to get any of these up-close shots because, I mean, you start looking at Biden's dementia versus, holy shit, he's melting. You might go Biden's dementia. All right, what else we got here? All right, last topic for the day. This was uh, Michelle Obama. She was on with uh, that lady who likes to yell a whole bunch. Um, and the headline was, now they're bringing grown men home. Michelle Obama opens up about daughters, Sasha and Malaya's dating lives. And, you know, I don't pray to God that often. But, God, if Michelle could please cuck Obama, if she could please pull whatever happened to Will Smith, and Kako, like that would just, would there be anything greater than the coolest president in human history getting cucked by his wife and then people questioning if that was like cultural to all black people? Uh, but in an, but I, I don't know how that's not racist. I don't know how, how this prayer goes. And, but I, I'm not trying to be racist and it's got nothing to do with blacks. Maybe if, 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 if Biden could also get cucked, if all presidents could be cucked, if all world leaders could be cucked. But this one would be kind of funnier. And I don't know why. Maybe maybe it is something wrong in my brain that this one would be funny. I'd like to see Trump get cucked as much as I'd like to see Barack Obama get cucked. I think that would be equally as fun, especially if if uh, I'd actually more like Melania being on air talking about why she cucked Trump than Michelle talking about why she cucked Obama. The only difference is I feel like Trump would instantly leave uh, that lady and just import a new person from Russia. So he, he wouldn't come out behind, but I bet Obama would actually still stay with Michelle. And that's a true cucking. I don't know. Okay. That's the end of my prayer. <laughs> uh, that's an evil laugh too. That was like a uh, straight up, uh, the wicked witch, uh, uh, witch of the West. All right. What do we got here in the comments? Uh, Trey Allen, imagine Obama slapping Biden at an, at an address St. Michael. He'd have a whole new wall to focus on, um, partially built at that. Okay. That is today's episode guys. Summer porch store is in session. Calendar is getting filled up. I will actually sit down and get a couple of the dates up, uh, particularly Colorado, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them. We're going to be doing Nashville again, trying to get Atlanta on the books, uh, Denver, uh, all sorts of shits happening. And you know, at some point those dates will be available. That is our episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope you have a, uh, a lovely, uh, Thursday, check out the Shedcast. Have a nice weekend. Jerk off. Eat some cookies. That's our episode. <laughs>